Uh, that guy. Nice. I am just going with a porter in honor of you. It's a nice. Breckenridge Brewing Vanilla Porter. Mm, we went to Breckenridge, I think, right? Yeah. It's it's okay. It's not yeah. the best. It's very approachable, but it's nice to have a variety, and it's hard as to get porters this time of year where I am. Everybody's yeah. all about the IPAs and the sours right now. So I miss the sours so much. Yeah. It's Everyone's about IPAs, so you got summer IPAs, hazy IPAs, juicy hazy IPAs, juicy mm-hmm. IPAs. It's like, you don't need to keep iterating on this. You need to start making sours. That's what you need to do. Yeah. Well, we'll get there as a nation, I think. That's the next major Absolutely, um, but you know what? Enough about our beer talk. This is Infinite Pulp. We're just going to get right into it today. We're never going to stop talking about beer, by the way, so deal with it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. We have our lovely Max here today. It's me. And Hooray. I was literally drinking beer when he introduced me, so that's ex- my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I can see him on the webcam, but sometimes I like to just throw him something when I know he can't answer. Yeah, you got to keep me on my toes. Absolutely. I'm excited about today's episode. We are going to do a little two-part series between today and the next week's episode. So I'm going to give Max some homework next week um, that he has to do. So what we're doing this week, though, is we are getting to know Max. What that means is, is I just pulled 20 questions that I want to ask him. And I have five additional questions in case he wants to throw out any ones that I'm asking him. Because <laughs> um, we're going to give that person the option to do that. And um, or if we get down to 20, we've only been 30 minutes in. I'm just going to ask the extra five anyways, because content. (laughs) And so we need to do it Um, before we get into that. We are going to play a game before we get into that. How's it going, Max? It's going so well, sir. Thank you for asking. Um, Making it through feeling, you know, relatively safe and healthy compared to many people. I continue to be unhappy about the state of our country and the world at large. The fact that um, money seems to swing a lot of things in in favor of the people who have it. Um, <laughs> so wrestling with like how I reconcile my life with a world like that and what I need to do to really feel comfortable moving forward in that yes. way. I, I am honestly, ex- I'm right there with you. At just 100%. It's every single day I wake up and look at the news. I said, why do I live here? I should just I should go someplace else. <laughs> so it's just one of those things, man. Um, yeah, I know a lot of people want to leave. And I think that for me is like the opposite of what we should be aspiring for. Like, I, I think I think it's easy. We talk this ties a little back into like discipline. Yep. But I think um, it's a lot easier to just peace out than it is to try to stick around and fix it. Oh, I 100%. But it's also easy for me to say that as someone who is not threatened with life and death situations on a daily basis because of the color of my skin. So, yep. No, absolutely. Everything you said there is correct. Um, I just, just don't want, I don't know. It's, I, I, I thought about that today. I was just like, you know, my initial response to this is like, let's just get up and leave and move someplace else and then I'm like but but is that what you should be doing I was watching the war for Cybertron right before this started <laughs> and I was just like getting hit by Optimus I was like we can't surrender we can't we can't accept the treaty we have to fight for this and it's just like mm-hmm. man this is this is Prince there's a word there that starts with a P that I don't really want to say right now I don't know because I don't know how to say it um, words are but, hard yes they are uh, but that really hit like this is really um 
applicable to my life right now, Optimus. Thank you for hitting me with this and making me think about this in the yeah. cartoon that I was just trying to enjoy a little bit before podcasting. So, yeah. Optimus dropping truth bombs. Yeah. Have you seen that? The War for Cybertron? Yeah, uh, I really like it. I've only watched the first two episodes so far, and I'm really excited to get more into it. I'm yeah. enjoying the art style, and I'm, I'm really enjoying the – I'm really, really enjoying the take on Megatron right now mm-hmm. um, because I think that gets lost on a lot of other adaptations about really what he wants to do and what he's for. Um, yeah. And so – it's wonderful. Enough about Cybertron and Transformers. This is not what we're talking about today. What we but are you are about, still though, watching something, right? I, I need to ask you some questions before you ask me some questions. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was about ready to get into that. You jumped. Okay. Way, way to segue into that um, I'm here. gracefully. <laughs> what are we watching? What am I watching more specifically? Um, five guesses, two clues. One question. No, that's not the rules. Five questions, two clues, one guess, two guesses. Man, I'm all up sorts today. I'm really excited because I had a really good phone call with a recruiter because I don't have a job right now. And then that makes me excited. So I'm really amped up. Um, but Max is trying to guess what I'm watching right now. Uh, he gets five guesses officially, two clues that I'm giving him, two guesses. He gets to trade in one guess for an additional clue um, and then pretty much put all of his cards into one basket. All right. And so we're just going to go ahead and get that started for you um, and roll away. So I'm going to start with, is it live action? It is live action. Excellent. Is it a part of a franchise? Um, there technically, yeah, there's there's three of these movies and, and it is. It's part of a franchise. OK, excellent. Um, hit me with a clue. Um, so the first clue is and this will give you some. Two clues in one. Warner Brothers actually passed um, on releasing a movie called Supergirl in 1984, which was originally supposed to be their tentpole release that year. They ended up not doing that, though, and passing on it. So they rushed this production and for summer audiences and released this as their tentpole series and movie in 1984. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Does it involve time travel? Hmm. I'm going to answer that where... No, I know actually it doesn't involve time travel. Okay. It it, it involves two different... No, I'm not even going to go that way. No, there is no time travel from my understanding in this film. Okay. Give me another clue. Jack Black was the main villain in the third movie in the series. Oh, heck. You said it's live action? Yeah. What? <laughs> I can't think of a single movie where Jack Black is a live action villain. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay. Can okay. we set some parameters around live action for a second? Yes. If there are animatronics in it, do you still consider it live action or does it have to be animation? No, it's it's live action. Animatronics are live action. I just want to make sure that parameter is set. That way I'm not leading you down any path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's fine. Um, That's your third clue. I know. I know. Uh, Second clue. Second clue. And I have asked um, three questions. questions. Three questions. Yeah. Okay. So I need to know... um, Do I like this series? I believe you like this one. I don't know if you like the next two, um, but I do believe you, you you enjoy this this one. Wow, way to way to give away that you are watching the first in the trilogy. 
eh, you know? This movie came out, and I gave you a clue about when this movie came out, and then in the third movie, Jack Black was the main villain. So if you put those two and two together, you should be able to piece that this was one of the first ones. It's true. So I, don't, I don't feel like that was too much of a give. Stop looking at your iPhone for 1984 releases. I'm not. I'm, I'm sitting here looking. <laughs> I promise you I'm not. I'm sitting here with... Look, I'm sitting here. I've got my beer. I'm keeping it down here. I'm like staring into the mouth of my beer as like looking for answers. Like it's some sort of vault. Yeah. So I'm going to ask one last question and then I get two guesses. So that's true. Let's let's just go ahead and start. Um, Does this movie. Oh, God. Okay, I, I was I was torn between two questions. Is this movie a comedy? No. There's comedic elements to it, but I, I, it's it's not a comedy. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm gonna have to burn one guess for a clue and put it all okay. on the line here. All right. I was not. I, I am never prepared for this, so give me a second. Uh, <laughs> We are consulting the gods at IMDb. Animatronics with Jack Black is a villain. This was I'm, the most expensive film ever produced in Germany at the time it okay, was made. Okay, I have absolutely no idea. I know. So that, I'm, that wasn't I'm really just, your... That wasn't... I mean, that, there could be a different <sighs> clue. I was just fascinated by that. No, it's fine, man. I it, I clearly do not know what I'm doing here today. So let's let's just go ahead and say I'm live action movie 84, 1984. Um, I'm going to say it is Automated Animatronics. I know it didn't come out. This came out later, but I'm going to say it anyway because I don't know anything better. I'm just going to say Labyrinth. Because it's animatronics. Oh, I know that a- David Bowie is actually the Goblin King villain. Right. Got animatronics in it. Um, but to my knowledge, there is no second or third in the series. So that's where my brain was. That's a fantastic guess, though, because these movies have such similar style and like auras to them. All right. So what is it? I'm watching the never ending story. There are not three never ending story movies. You get out of here right now. Go look. There are. N- Hold on. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Never ending story. IMDb. Never ending story. Never ending story three? <laughs> what? Yes. Oh my god. What is this? What is this? I never. Nope. Never in life. I had no idea this existed. You need to watch it. The third one is actually pretty good. I've seen the first one. I've seen. I've seen and I've suffered through the second one. Yes, I, but I didn't. I didn't know there was a third, and I am kind of blown away right now. Yeah, and Jack Black is the villain. It's crazy. That is crazy. I can't. I didn't even. So I learned a new thing today. <laughs> Apparently, that's pretty nuts, man. Thank you for sharing. Thank you You're for welcome. teaching me something new. Everybody at home, I'm sorry to have disappointed you, but uh, this is an unbelievable learning opportunity, and I'm grateful to have had it. We disappointed everybody but Rob. Mm. Well, I can't believe it, man. I had no <laughs> idea there was a third movie. I just didn't know. Like, it didn't exist in my head, in my canon. I never would have got there. 
I know you could have given me a hundred guesses. I never would have guessed Never Ending Story. That's crazy. I was I was the third the third clue. If you wouldn't have accepted my 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 cruddy German clue, would have been that there's a 40, 43 foot long animatronic in this movie, which <laughs> may have set it off. That might um, have given it away. Yeah. Um, but still, I, I feel like that last clue has to be a little bit more important than the other one because you're trading it out for a guess. So I try to give you lead you a little bit more in the direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, there's a there's a I believe a ride in a German theme park where you can ride on Falcor, which is really cool. That's I like that a lot. Ridiculous. That's just yeah. absolutely ridiculous. Also, this ridiculous. movie is only the first half of the novel. I didn't know that. Like I this didn't is either. only the first half. Apparently, maybe the second movie is the second half. Like that's I'm just I'm learning a lot about the never ending story and how much Warner Brothers probably messed this up, you know? <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that was exciting. I'm glad we are close to being tied again. It's 12 max 11, Aaron. So I am. I'm blown away, too. Next thing you're going to tell me, there's a Sandlot 3. <laughs> Everything oh. I knew to be true is wrong. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, well, let's just jump into it. We're not very far into our into our episode today, but I want to just jump straight into, into what we're talking about, because who knows how long this is going to take. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so essentially what I did is, is I pulled 20 questions for Max that I wanted to ask him and I thought would be fun. Um, some of them are really simple, though. Some of them are a little more complex. Some of them are incredibly silly. And then there's five at the very end. If we have time, we can get into them. Those are grantedly a little more in depth and, uh, and some of them are, are a little more interesting. Um, but those are honorable mention or kind of bonus questions if we want to get into it. So... Today, we're going to get to know Max, and then next week, we're going to get to know Aaron. So my goal for next week is that Max gets me 20 questions he wants to ask me. We can use the same list if we want to. Uh, we can use totally different lists, but we'll decide that next week and, and get back to you. Yeah, and he sprung this on me. I had no idea this was happening, so I'm not prepared, so I'm going to be shooting from the hip. Absolutely. So um, be aware that many of my sort of favorites or like answers might not be as well rehearsed or as articulate as I yep. would hope. And that's what I wanted. So that's kind of why I don't want to use the same list for next week, um, though we can, because I will spend a week not thinking about this at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyways, let's get into it. I'm starting out with like six favorite questions and then we're going to get into some other ones. Um, So who what is who's your favorite author and what's your favorite book? That's a combined question together. So the answer to those questions is actually not the same answer, which is interesting. Um, my favorite book is East of Eden by John Steinbeck. I think it's just really, really meaningful to me. It's a lot to do with free will and choices and the power we have over our realities. And I think it hit me. I read it. We read it in high school and it focuses a lot in on this one little passage in the Bible about in, in the old Testament at the very beginning, I think it's Genesis, even during the time of Cain and Abel. And the line says something like the devil stand stands at your doorstep and thou verb overcome him. Right. And different translations depict that verb differently. And so the, the protagonist is like, you know, agonizing over, OK, what is the, the real form of this verb? Like, what is God actually telling us in this passage? Right. And so one of his friends goes and like to like San Francisco because it's set back in like the early 20th century. He goes to San Francisco and like talks to elders and stuff and finds out that apparently the root um, Hebrew word is Timshel, which translates to thou mayest. 
right? And so it implies thou mayest. It's, you know, the implication of free will there. It's like you, the devil stands at your doorstep and you may overcome him, but you have to like choose to do that, right? Which ties back into the concept of free will, which is something that I believe in very strongly. So, um, now yeah. go listen. Go listen to our books with Brandon, where he gave the same answer that I yeah. forgot that he gave. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Eloquently put the same exact way, and I, I love think it. Concisely put too. I think yeah. more, more than that episode. I was kind of rambly that episode because I was intimidated to be in the presence of such a prolific writer. Um, but so that's my favorite book. My favorite author is actually a guy who does fantasy novels, and his name is Stephen Brust. B R U S T, and he has Eastern European descent. Um, I believe he has a lot of Romani in his history. Um, And I love his writing because it's so nuanced. It's very humanized and and real and like all, and also very tongue in cheek and silly. Right. And that's exactly what I need from a, a fantasy story is I need a believable experience. And like, there's one passage where he says, you know, I slipped into the house undetected and in parentheses after that he goes i can do that you know right (laughs) just like very humanizing very not cringy fantasy that really makes his character feel real and you know he talks about he loves food and he loves people and art and so he's got all these like all these components to his experience in his life that he shares that aren't just like there are bad guys and i fight them yeah right that really flush out the world and make it much more nuanced he he wrestles a lot with politics and intrigue and like you know as as a member of one of the houses of this this government like you know he's he, it's it's the working class one and so he's looked down on by a lot of the other houses because he actually purchased his title and so people think you know you didn't earn it and so there's these class warfare going on and <laughs> yeah. just a lot of a lot of layers um, that a lot of people don't address and one there's like a, a bookend that he puts in one of his series that I adore um, and like the first scene, it's not relevant, right? The first scene, he's just like, he happens to be cooking breakfast when the plot kicks off and things start happening. And he talks about, he mentions like in one sentence at the very beginning, he's like, I can't, you know, I peeled the onion and it had a couple of bad parts. Um, but then I, I, you know, I got, I cut them out and carved it up and went back to cooking or something. And then he goes on to tell the story. And at the very end, like he's sitting with his friend who he's helped save throughout this entire story. And he says, I sat down to make us a meal and I peeled an onion and there were some bad parts, I, but I cut them out and the rest of it was fine. Life is like that sometimes. Oh, right. And that's how he yeah. ended it. And I was just like, I hadn't even remembered that first passage and the notion that he like ties it in together and like, Oh, oh so good. That's so good. That's juicy, man. I like it that. Is, it I'm is. Have to read it's some it's great. For sure. He's, he's phenomenal. Yeah. The book series I'm talking about is the Taltosh series in the same way that um, Tolkien wanted to create a mythos for sort of Anglo-Saxon Europe. Um, he wanted to create a mythos for Eastern Europe. And so the the guy's name is Taltosh, T-A-L-T-O-S, pronounced Taltosh, right? Um, his his grandfather's name is Noishpa, and I think Noish is like grandfather in, uh, I think... Czechoslovakian maybe um but anyway it's it's like it's a very fun series there's like 12 books in the series already and he's got like four more to do in that arc and it's the Taltosh novels the Vlad Taltosh series it's just so good 
Yep, that's going to go on the Kindle soon to be read. That's yeah. exciting. One that of those be... people who's who's writing it is fun to read. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you I can tell that. he has fun yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah, and I think that really comes through in a lot of crafts. You know, when, mm-hmm. when, like I respect that a lot about you know, like actors who I don't necessarily think are terrific actors. But they look like they're having so much fun on screen doing. I'm like, you must just really love this. And I like that about you. Like, your joy comes in screen. And, and it's great. Jimmy Fallon is a good example of that, I think. Yes, absolutely. Um, you spent seven minutes on that question. So we are going to <laughs> move along. So we, we could talk about books and authors all day. And we did. Back in an episode with Brandon. So go check it out. Um, the next question is very similar. What is your favorite movie? I would like two answers to this one. I want an animated and a live action. And then if you want a bonus, you can pick out your favorite scene that you've ever seen in a movie, too. Okay. Okay. Favorite live action movie is Hook with Robin Williams and Dustin Hoffman and Julia Roberts. Um, it's, the, it's my favorite movie of all time. Uh, again, deals a lot with like self-actualization and like overcoming your circumstances and that sort of thing. Uh, believing in yourself. Um, favorite animated movie. That's not one I think about very often. Cause I'm, I'm going through my list of like top five favorite movies of all time. And all of them are live action. Mm-hmm. So that really complicates things. I think, I think I would probably go with the sword in the stone. The Ooh, Disney animated movie. Yeah, I, it, they were at the peak of their humor. Their animation was phenomenal. Merlin is one of my favorite characters yeah. in any fantasy series. Um, his his contestuous relationship with his owl Archimedes is incredible. <laughs> so good. Yeah, the, the lessons that Arthur learns, like it really, it, it's it's just magical. Like and it still has all that whimsy to it that I think a lot of yeah. movies try to capture and and can't. A little bonus there, uh, Max and I, when we were playing Bud- Bloodborne, um, I named our character Archimedes, and it was named after that owl. That's what yeah. I. That's why I did it. So it's full circle. Um, do you have a favorite scene, or do you want to move on? I think so. Favorite scene from each one, or favorite scene from one of them? Just in general, favorite scene. It doesn't have to be. It's kind of like your favorite book and author. It doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be from either one of these movies. But if you <laughs> just have a scene that, like my. I have a favorite scene that always comes to mind with me of any kind of movie that just really captures me all the time. And so Mm. I think, I think if I'm being honest, my favorite scene is, um, that the lost boys go to war, right? When, when they're like suiting up and kidding out to go fight the pirates and they've got all these ridiculous suits of armor, like they're jumping through the bamboo wall and the armor just sticks to them. Like, you know, super childlike stuff. Um, and now that I say that, obviously I'm thinking of the scene. No, it's gotta be the dinner scene, right? Oh, where, the dinner where, they scene make so him, where they make him bang a ring. Yeah. yeah. And, and where, where you hear that word for the first time and, and it's just so, it's so good. It's so epic yeah. and all the colorful foods that they imagine. So that, that's probably one of my favorites. Obviously, yeah. um, Jack coming into port in Pirates of the Caribbean is Oh, it's so is good too. Right up there. Yeah. And then in Lord of the Rings, I think there, there's the scene, the scene where, um, Sam is explaining to Frodo about darkness and, yep. you know, so, do, you know, the, these are the stories that meant something yes. right? at the end of the two towers. 
So I think those are probably my favorites. I don't uh, know, man. Ride of the Rohirrim is epic I know. too. There's you could throw a dart at Lord of the Rings and land on probably some of my top ten favorites. Yeah. favorite scenes, just yeah. like the speech that Aragorn gives about like the end of Day of Man, but it's not yeah. this day. Yeah. It's just like, oh my yeah. gosh, like yeah, that's yeah. So, so good. there's there's four for your one question. Thank you. <laughs> no, here to help. Yeah, absolutely. This is the. I, I was hoping we would not just get into one answers of like this is my favorite book. Great, you know. I, I'm glad you're you're. I promise you, I would it. never, I would never let that happen. I have way too many opinions <laughs> to be that straightforward about anything. All right, what is your favorite video game? Favorite video game of all time. Yep. For a long time, was Kingdom Hearts. Because it overlapped Final Fantasy yeah. world with Disney, right? And those are two things that I'm deeply passionate about. I've never about. played any of those. Um, the first one is lovely. The second one gets weird, and they just get weirder from there. Because the storyteller, Tetsuyo Nomura, he's the director, um, was originally an artist. He was a concept artist who became, like, a director. Um, and it's a, it's a great example of, like, Zack Snyder. Like, someone who's got an incredible eye for art, right? Just, like, makes beautiful things. But if you ask him to tell the story, it's weird yeah, and, and sometimes not that great. So the first one is good because he lets it be weird and that's okay. And then he starts like trying to rationalize all of it in the second and third games and it just spirals. Like it gets exponentially more strange. <sighs> oh, Trey, you're about to lose this Horus. I can't uh, watch. Yeah, Artax in the Swamp of Sorrows. Yeah. That, was, that was trauma for like many of the kids I know was like yeah. the concept of like a, a beloved pet dying. Like many of us hadn't lost pets yet. And so watching that happen, it was like stuck with us, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what's your favorite theme park ride? My favorite theme park ride of all time is Winnie the Pooh in oh, Fantasyland. Yes. It's just so sweet and so it's cozy. So and the the updated queue with like the interactive exhibits is a lot mm-hmm. of fun. And my favorite room within that ride is Little April Showers. Right. You come oh, in and, yeah. and it's and you've gone through this sort of tempestuous nightmare of Winnie's and then it's everything is calmed down and you're waking up and, you know, calm coming back to reality. And it, all the little raindrops are flittering around and there's cool air hitting your face. And it's very refreshing in a city, in a part of the country that is often very hot and oppressive. So yeah. that's that's always my favorite bit. That's yeah. I love that ride so much. It's one of those where I think the older I'm getting the more I've I've just started really loving dark rides and just gravitating towards the fantasy land, just kind of sit down, run through, you know, and enjoy the scenery. Um, I think the Little Mermaid ride in Fantasyland is incredible. It's mm-hmm. just so colorful and beautiful. Like uh, the animatronics in that are amazing to me. Yep. Um, what's your favorite? This is the three part question. And it's all wrapped up together, though. Favorite band, your favorite song and then your favorite style of music. Okay, so my favorite band is probably uh, that's hard. I'm tied these days. Um, it's a two-way tie between Caravan Palace and Ale Storm, which is like pirate metal. So electro electro swing and pirate metal, right? Two very different genres. Favorite song by each of them: Clash by Caravan <laughs> Palace. Mm, yes, and. Um, my favorite song by Ailstorm is hard because I love so many of the ones they do. I think um, I think my favorite is probably Nancy the Tavern Wench. Um, it's just, it's a fun story. It feels like a ballad um, and it has a lot of the sort of fun elements to it. Uh, the chorus says, come take a drink and drown your sorrows and all of our fears will be gone till tomorrow. 
will have no regrets and live for the day in Nancy's Harbor Cafe. And it's just mm. like, it ticks all these little boxes for me. Like I love shanties. I love drinking with people I care about. I love being near the ocean. Like it's just like, it's, it, it works. So, um, that's the first two. And then what was the third question? Style of music. Style of music. I think if I was going to pick one style of music that is my favorite, it is probably metal. Like metal is the genre I return to over and over. Usually power metal. Wow. Um, stuff like Ailstorm, stuff like Powerwolf, stuff like uh, Ed Guy, stuff like, uh, you know, Trivium. Really, really rocking stuff that you can really like feel alive to for me. That is something I didn't know about Max. Yeah. Which is exciting. I do a lot of these other ones, but that one I specifically did not know, and I love it, and this is why we're doing this, so I get to learn about him, too, along with you. Yeah. It's amazing that we've been friends for so long and had so much time to talk, and we still learn things about each other. Yeah, absolutely. Just like we learn things about the never-ending story. Yes, and how there are three of them, and Jack Black is a villain in one of them, and as Jack Black always is, he's delightfully wonderful. Oh, my gosh. everything he does. Um, What's your favorite job you've ever had? That's a if great can, question. If you can pinpoint one. That's a great question. Um, it's hard because I think a lot of the components of each job were good. And so it's really hard to say which one was the best. But if I had to say, like, in terms of the job I looked forward to going to every day I did it the most, I would probably have to say the my, my tenure at the Grand Floridian. Uh, where I was, you know, front desk assistant, I was curbside concierge, I was runner, I was driver, like they cross-trained me in everything. And so I would show up for a shift and then get ping-ponged around and pinball around and, you know, do whatever it was people needed me to do. And I love being a gopher. I love like doing a thing, you know, it's slow at the front desk. So mm-hmm. they say, hey, Max, this person needs a ride over the spot. Can you get them there? Yeah, sure. Hey, um, do you mind running this up to this person's room? You know, stuff like that. And it kept everyday dynamic and different and fun. And it got me out of the sort of stationary position of a front desk attendant. Like I didn't just stand in one spot for, you know, four hours, go to lunch, come back and do it for three more hours, which was wonderful for me because that that's the sort of stuff that I really struggle with. Um, and I got to interact with guests when I was wandering around doing those things. You know, I could answer questions. I could give perspective. You know, I could offer advice. And it, it helped me feel very much like I was a living, breathing part of Disney World instead of just like a, a gear to be slotted into sure. the machine. Um, coincidentally, folks, I'd like to point out that that was also the six month that Max lived with me. I don't think that's coincidence It at is all. not. It is definitely not. No. Yeah, we lived <laughs> together when you were at... Glenn yeah. Floridian. I know we did. we did. Yep. Yeah, I um, remember going and going to the little cart and getting apple fritters with you and iced coffee and riding the ferry over to the yes. Magic Kingdom on our days off. Yeah, that definitely helped. Yeah, <laughs> definitely helped no. that my days off looked like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's my the first time we went to Magic Kingdom together. It was so much fun. We got to go again. Yeah. Um, what or who? Who is is what I have written down here, and this can be fictional, real life, anybody you want to pick out and want to explain. But who's your hero, man? So I have three, um, and I think really I am I am very lucky to be able to say this. Um, but my heroes are my parents and my fiance, right? Like my parents yeah, are that's awesome. really wonderfully complimentary. 
Like my mom is kind and forgiving and just the sweetest person in the world. And she would be nice to anybody because that's what she thinks you should do. Right. It's just like act in love. My dad is much more pragmatic, but he's got a, a great sense of humor uh, and he's got better boundaries. So I took the best from like I learned a lot from both of them and was able to kind of cherry pick the best components of each of them to kind of decide how I wanted to shape my reality. Um, but at the end of the day, both of them lived, tried to live as best they could in love. Right. And that's something that I try to do as well and something that really inspires me. So I feel very fortunate to have had them as parents before my fiance. They were my best friends. Um, now they are just behind her in the rankings. Um and like, I love them. Like there was like, if, if you were going to give me an offer of like going out with my college buddies now for a drink or going out with my parents for a drink, I choose my parents. Cause I have more fun with my parents than I do with my friends. Awesome. Which is wild. Um, I know for a lot of people, um, but we've always had a very honest relationship, a very transparent relationship. And it's, it's allowed for the development of friendship instead of the traditional rigid sort of hierarchical structure of the sort of parent child dynamic. Uh, and then my fiance is just a champion for social justice and positive change in the world. She's healthy about boundaries. She speaks her mind um, and she is out there doing work for herself and for others every day to make this world a better place. And I am in awe of her every day. Yeah. Amazing. I think you're spot on with the parents thing. And I love your fiance. All this great, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I really you're am lucky. lucky. I, I feel lucky. Yeah. yeah. And you deserve all of that, so it's not all luck. Anyways, <laughs> what did you want to be when you were a child? Hmm. I wanted to be a truck driver. Ha, huh, cool. I didn't yeah. know that. Like a long-distance trucker. Yeah, I grew up loving trucks as a kid. Like, I, as like a two-and-a-half-year-old kid, I would sit in the car seat, and my parents would quiz me on, like, what kind of trucks we were driving past, and I would, like, tell them, that's a, that's a Peterbilt, that's a Freightliner, that's a Mack, you know? I thought they were so cool and powerful and, and just like to, to, as a kid, they felt regal almost, you know, um, like the sort of modern day versions of like the King's, the King's carriage as he went by the sort of the peasant houses in the, in this, in the town. Um, and I really love the idea of, you know, meeting new people and traveling to new places and being on adventures all the time. I loved that. Um, so as a kid, that was very much what I wanted to do. And it was only in seventh grade when I thought I wanted to go start working at Walt Disney World that that, that sort of shifted. So from like from like six years old until maybe like 12, I, I was considering being a long haul trucker. Do you do you think I've, I have two follow up questions to that? Because sure. I didn't know this about you and I'm fascinated by this. Yeah. Do you think that has ties to why you like Transformers so much with Optimus Prime? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, yes. I think I think my love of Optimus is is born out of that for sure. Because oh, I yeah. like it was a it was cool that he was such an awesome robot leader and I was always a sucker for like noble, brave, heroic leaders in the first place. Um but like something about the tr the fact that he did transform into a truck felt like it reinforced that notion of regality for mm -hmm. me. So yes, absolutely, that contributed to it a lot. Yeah, my, my second question is: is have you reconsidered this lately and thought about maybe trying to do that now? Yeah, yeah. So people have asked me, like, is that something you want to do? And, and honestly, the answer is no, because I don't want to be gone that much. It's one of the reasons that I wouldn't want to be involved in international business. I don't think. 
mm-hmm. because I don't want to live a life that I don't get to be present for. Right. You know, I don't want to be gone on business for three weeks out of the month. That just sounds miserable to me. Yeah. I want to have a home. I want to have friends. I want to have community. Um, and those are things you can't do when you live that life as well. You can't do it right. as well. Many people yeah. do it and many people do a fine job of it, but I would just miss all the people I love. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Ernie says, I'd like to visit the moon, but I miss all the people and places I love. Like it, it's very <laughs> yeah. much that I'd like yeah. to, I'd like to drive maybe one or two trips with someone who's doing it. Um, but I, I, although I might like it for one afternoon, that's not what I would want to do. Yep. That's fair. All right, we're going to change course a little here a little bit and get away from careers. Shifting gears, as it were. Oh, yes, man. Solid. Every every minute of this podcast is solid gold today. What? I should have thought about that. What a terrible host. Um, what would you sing at karaoke? Oh, that's easy. Um, F*** You by CeeLo Green. That's my ha, number yes. one karaoke song. I've only karaokeed once in my life to one song, and that was it. And it's the only thing that will get me excited enough to get get out of my chair and sing along. Oh, awesome. That's a great answer. I am not a huge fan of karaoke either, but there's a little bar uh, kind of studio hotspot in Orlando called Rising Star where they have a live band in front of behind you playing karaoke. <laughs> and there are it's probably only like a few songs and only in that situation where I would consider like actually getting up there and doing it. Mm hmm. I saw this question on Brooklyn Nine-Nine the other day, and I wanted to ask you the same one because I think it's a really fun question. If you were a vacation, what kind of vacation would you be? Mm. Um, I, at, at the risk of sounding redundant with much of what we've done in this podcast, I would be a Walt Disney World vacation. <laughs> yep. I am. I am reliable. I am. I am loyal. I am fun. I am safe. I am you know, a dream chaser. I am a thrill seeker. I am a moment maker. Like I am, I am Walt Disney world, a week at Walt Disney world with the family and friends. I'm not sure a more true statement has ever been said than Max (laughs) just saying, I am Walt Disney world. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. So, and this can be something maybe at Walt Disney world, but what's your favorite food? Oh, um, you know, man, this is really boring because it's everybody's favorite food, but I don't care because I love it so much. Um, I got to go with pizza. Yes. I, I have never met a pizza I didn't like. The worst pizzas I've ever had were better than the best anything else I've ever had. That's that's, so, that's true. That's yep. absolutely true. It's you and Rob and myself. We all have the same general philosophy, which is why I think we're great friends. Mm-hmm. There it are works. no bad pizzas, only varying levels of good. That's yeah. that's how I view pizza. Yep, Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, very generic question. Everyone asks it, but I, I want to stay consistent. Yeah, it's fun. What would your superpower be if you were a superhero or oh, just flight, power? flight, 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 flight? Absolutely. So that that old like fly or be invisible question has been asked a lot. Um, absolutely flight. Like I would yeah. give many things in my life to be able to fly. Like the concept of flight, of being not bound by gravity, of being able to just go where you want to go to explore, to be up there free is, is just something that's profoundly liberating for me. So that hands down would be my power. I am going to add a question in right now. So this is 21 questions. Cause you just reminded me of something about flight. I'm actually typing it out. So I don't forget. Um, but I'm going to ask it right now. So it doesn't really matter. I want to know who would win in a fight, Superman or Goku? 
that's a hard question. Okay. Um, it depends on which Goku. Because I think, I think, you know, as you watch Goku develop his power and which Superman, right? If we talk about their ultimate power forms, like if we talk about gold Superman, right? The dude who's been casually like meditating in the sun for, you know, at the heart of his power for like a millennia or something, whatever it was. Versus like, what is the Goku now that has blue hair? That's like so far beyond Super Saiyan that he's I like. I thought the. I mean, I don't. I'm the last most powerful Goku that I ever heard of was Super Saiyan Black Super Saiyan or Super Saiyan Goku Super Saiyan. Like it was like one of those. Um, but I know they just turned to like he just they just now like in Super they're having blue hair now. I think I don't think that was yeah. anything with Z. Yeah, that might be it. Um, the point is, I think it depends where in their arc they they that it would happen. Um, and I think at any point in their arc, um, I think they're matched, honestly. Okay. And I think it's kind of a cop out and that's fine um, because I really think like both of them are incredibly powerful and incredibly strong and continue to only get stronger. So like if one of them like has the upper hand at one point, the other one will get strong enough to be able to fight them on equal ground again. And I think that's one of the things that makes them so compelling as protagonists is the, the their unwillingness to allow themselves to be beaten, right? Their resilience. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bonus question for everybody because I've been struggling with that question as I've been watching Dragon Ball Z over the last uh, several months. It's a lot, and, yeah. And and me not knowing a lot about Superman and knowing now a lot about Goku, I, I want to lean that way. But but Max knows more about both, so that's why I posed it. <laughs> um, we're going to get into something a little more um, deep than your favorite superhero and that kind of stuff. Um, but what is the most daring thing you think you've ever done? that's a question I think it probably was backpacking through Europe with a friend after high school because I was young I was dumb I didn't know better right and so I was really trusting in a lot of ways um, very naive in a lot of ways and I really think that that could have ended badly if I hadn't gone with someone who was not nearly so practical right Um, so I think that was probably one of the one of the most out there things I've ever done in terms of like challenging my own beliefs and my own thought processes and my own approach to basic social interactions. Um, and we were there for a full month. So it was just the two of us like for a month and it was kind of, we had a lot of freedom. We didn't make any plans. We didn't book any hotels or hostels or anything. We just sort of showed up and, and did what we felt like doing every day. And, it was in it was a wild adventure, but I, that was definitely one of the times where I had been the most consistently like out of my comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, I I think at some point, man, I think if you can remember, because it's been you know many over ten years for both of us in that in that area. But if if you can remember some of that trip, I think it'd be really fun to do a a remembering kind of like let's talk about that and that experience with you and that kind of stuff as it's just a whole episode. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd love I, it. I, I think I would love to learn. I, I know you went, but I don't know really any of the details, like your favorite place you went, all these other kind of cool, you know, stuff. So let, let's put that on the docket. Maybe in a, in a few months or so, let's let's revisit that and we'll, we'll throw it down for everybody. Deal. Um, real simple. Another one about childhood could be in college, could be anything. But what was your favorite subject in school? Hmm. Usually English. Until I started taking theater classes in college. So 
I loved stories, right? I loved books. And we had a couple classes in high school where we would read books and then discuss them. And the teacher would kind of pose questions and then like open it up to the classroom forum style and just like let us have conversations with each other about what we thought about the books. That's really cool. Yeah, it was. It was awesome. And I, I regularly got into these very heated debates with one particular student who was extremely academically oriented, um, very intelligent and like very probably a lot less belligerent than I was. Well, equally belligerent, but a lot less. Um, what's the word? Um, stubborn, maybe, or, or uh, um, combative. So, like, we would watch um, Crucible or we would read, like, uh, Great Gatsby. And when we're talking about, like, you know, this this is something that could have happened. They should have done this, you know, this and this and this. I was always, like, up in arms saying these people were making stupid decisions. I can't believe it. They got what was coming to them. That's ridiculous. I don't get it. It's dumb. Right? Like, it's yeah. dumb. This was a dumb story. I was, like, <laughs> the, the Pearl, the Pearl by John Steinbeck, where a guy finds a pearl and then his baby dies and he throws the pearl back in the water and that's the end of the story. It's like, I hate that book. And people are like, well, it's important about the meaning of like greed and, and the power that it has over people. And I'm like, I know people are greedy. Like, I, don't have to, I don't have to spend <laughs> six hours reading that a baby dies for me to know that people get greedy, right? Like, come on. So stuff like that. And English classes were always a venue for that sort of dialogue, which I always thought was a lot of fun. They were much more open-ended, I think, than a lot of the other classes I took. It was a lot more about, like, the consumption of these stories and, like, interpreting the stories, which I enjoyed much more than just, like, cramming facts into my head. And then in college, you know, I had theater courses, yeah. which was, of course, much more close to my heart and learning about how a theater operates and, and how the original theater, like, the first recorded theaters were made and, and some of the first stories that were shared in those theater spaces, like... It was super cool, super fun, and I was really passionate about that. Excellent. Um, I, I always found when you found that other person that like could argue on the same level that you could and debate mm -hmm. in school, like that was so much fun. Mm -hmm. Just like having those discussions and just like you need the one you want to budge, but you both like understand the other person's position. Ah, that's so much fun. A quick sidebar, by the way, before we get into our, our last several questions here, um, prescient was the word I was looking for earlier. That started there with the go. P, and I yeah. knew how to, I knew what the word was, but I was afraid I was going to mispronounce it, and so <laughs> I just I went I went away from it. Um, <laughs> where are we at here? Um, what do you, if anything, do you collect anything? Mm, I think at this point I collect like notebooks. Okay, right? like I collect, and I don't mean to. Like I'm not an intentional collector of anything. Um, I collect like books that can be used to write and draw in basically. And people give them to me for birthday and Christmas. And so I've just got this like massive backlog of like sketchbooks and journals and stuff that I'm, that are awaiting me to sort of, you know, fill the white spaces on the pages. Um, it's like that thing uh, I saw on Twitter the other day about somebody said like at one point in their life, they said something about liking owls a lot and it's the yep. only gift they've been given yep. for the rest of their life. <laughs> Cold hard cash. That's that's what I want to tell my eight year old <laughs> self is my favorite thing. <laughs> oh man! All right, I like this question a lot. This one surprised me when I read through it, but I never thought about this before. But what of the five senses would you think or say that is your strongest? Definitely not sight. <laughs> I wear very <laughs> thick glasses. 
What do you smell? Because I don't hear very well either because of, of the metal music. You know, I listen yeah, to that yeah. loudly. So I've dulled my sense of hearing quite a bit. Um, maybe smell. Because there have been some times where I'll get a whiff of something and, and people around me will not know what I'm talking about until it becomes much more potent. Mm-hmm. So I think it's probably, probably smell. Do we think that that your smell is better because your sight and your hearing has gone a little worse? Does, maybe. Does that, yeah. Maybe. I, I, I don't see any reason why not. Yeah. Um, I would argue that my taste is my best thing because I have great taste in people and in food and in life. Um, but I think in terms of like the actual, um, the actual question, like the, the sense yeah. of taste, um, I think I just am a very passionate human. And so I'm very passionate about flavors too. And I don't <laughs> think that's necessarily because I have a, a better sense of taste than other people, yeah. <laughs> um, but just because I'm more excitable. That, that makes, that does make a lot of sense. Um, I'm with you. I can I can see that little that little snozz of yours being being a good sniffer. <laughs> um, I like this question a lot too. I'm starting to get into the ones that I really enjoy. If you had a warning label, what would yours be? Excitably happy, maybe. Like danger, caution, <laughs> excitable human, right? <laughs> happy yeah. human, something like that. Um, because I, I really do like, I have turned people away by how excited I get about experiences and moments mm-hmm. and yeah. life. <laughs> right. And so like, we'll be having a pizza and I'm like, Oh, it's so good. Just pizza. And people are like, dude, chill. It's just like, let's be together. And I'm like, but that pizza is so good. <laughs> right. And like things like that, where I, I can overdo experiences and overdo moments. I think that kind of turns a lot of people off. Um, and this is one of the reasons I love you. So I'm, I'm glad you have that. <laughs> Thank you. I am too. I've thought long and hard about it and it is one of the qualities of myself that I value. And so I'm, I'm working hard to preserve it as I go Good. through my growth as an adult. Yeah. My philosophy is, is like a lot of times I don't necessarily care what somebody's talking about, but if they talking about it passionately, I'm probably going to listen in and lean in for it. So that's a, that's a plus side on my, for you. Nice. Um, all right. Where am I at? Ooh, yeah. If you could sit down and have a beer with somebody, who would be? Anybody in the world? Let's 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 broaden this up a little bit and let's do historical figures as well, or anybody from the yeah. past and present. Yeah. So that's that's a question that I've spent a lot of time chewing over too. And um, my answer, my go-to answer, used to always be. Um, Crap. He did um, Oscar Wilde. He was a gay British playwright known for his incisive stories about uh, rich, rich people and rich culture. So Oscar Wilde for a long time was my number one, but I haven't revisited this question in ages. And I think if I if I had to sit down and do it again, like if I had this opportunity right now to, to do it, and, and change my answer, I might. But I'm not sure what the answer is. So let me keep chewing on that in the back of my head and okay. we'll revisit it at the end. Yeah. Perfect. Because I I think it might be time to update that answer. That cool. feels yeah. like it isn't, it doesn't feel true for me anymore. Excellent. I'm excited. To, well, I, I, and I've decided actually, since we're only about 53 minutes into this right now, um, I'm going to run through all 25 questions. That's fine. I'm not going to yeah. stop at 20. I, I'm really enjoying this. I'm learning a lot about you that I didn't yeah. know. This is 
Honestly, folks, this is just as exciting me as it is for me. <laughs> it's probably more exciting for me than it is for you, but I'm, I'm glad you're here with us to, to learn about him. Um, <laughs> all right. I like this question. I mean, I've said that the last three questions. All these questions to me are gold after I got through all the favorites and like the, the, the kind of sillier ones. Um, but holiday or non-holiday, what is your favorite family tradition? So... My favorite family tradition is real simple because it's nothing special. Um, it's just din- dinner together. Like growing up, we always had dinner together. And like when we go down to visit, like we always are intentional about having meals together. And that tradition of just like making time to be with each other and be interested in each other's lives and supportive of each other was like really special to me as a kid growing up. And it, fed into why my parents are my best friends because like we could ask questions and receive honest like genuine answers and I felt like there was a lot of integrity at that table and then obviously you layer the enjoyment of food on top of that and then as I grew up the enjoyment of drink on top of that and it's like it's just a delightful experience so meals together is probably my favorite tradition awesome um and it has become such a such a beloved tradition that I try to do it with other relationships now too right like oh, i try to be yeah. really intentional about like eating with people when i can so. good good um that's awesome if you had to describe yourself as an animal which one would it be you know i've i got this question in an interview um and my question during the interview, my answer to this question during the interview was horse because I am, I'm big and I'm friendly and because I'm so big and friendly, I can sometimes like, you know, throw my weight around and step on people's toes. Um, but I have boundless reserves of energy. And if you keep me fed, I'm extremely loyal and you point me in a direction and I'll get you there. Right. Like, but I think now I am I have become a lot more belligerent. And so I think I'm I might be turning into either a I might might have morphed into a wild horse, you know, can't be tamed. Um but I might also be something as simple as like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> right? Where I I love people and I love being around and I love being fed and I love being comfortable and I love feeling clean and also, I'm kind of to the point now where I don't have a lot of patience for people's ignorance. Yeah. And so there's a lot that I would have put up with for a long time that I don't now. Um, but I have been told by many other people that I am like a dog, that I'm just, you know, like Doug in um, Up, where I'm just like, hi there. I'm Max. It's nice <laughs> to meet you. Right? Like, oh, and I, yeah. I'm very enthusiastic and very loyal and very supportive and, and you know. Um, and, and dopey in that supportiveness sometimes mm-hmm. I can, I can love people so much that sometimes I don't offer the critical thinking or the perspective that sometimes those relationships deserve. Yep. I can see that. I could see you as maybe Doug, but maybe not necessarily a dog. Like I like the cat. Maybe you're a Doug cat, you know, <laughs> or cat dog, you know, That's perfect. I saw, yeah. um, bonus question. Um, are you a cat or a dog person or both? So, both. I'm one yeah. of those that is both. Me and too. I was not for a long time. Like we had a cat growing up and we had a dog growing up and I loved the dog way more because the cat was a jerk. 
Um, <laughs> but the cat was a rescue, and I, I think the cat came to us with yeah. a lot of trauma from its previous home. So I, I, I was against cats for a long time just because I was like, you know, I was tired of them walking up and saying, pet me, and I pet them, and then I pet them one too many times, and I walk away with bleeding, right? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, you can just walk away. You don't have to attack my hand if you're done being petted, right? Um, but... There were a couple of cats I met throughout my high school and college years that really changed my mind about cats. They were very friendly. They were very sociable. They were, you know, they were happy to just like be where you are, sit on your lap, snuggle up next to you, you know, and they were very content to be pet for as long as you felt like petting them. And when you didn't, they didn't like chase you down for more pets. So they were cats that were like dogs. Yeah. Which kind of won me over to the idea that some cats are cool. Yeah, you, but I've you, also had I've met some dogs that were jerks though, man. Like there, oh, there's yeah. this one, there's this one golden doodle I knew who was just awful. Like could not could not be around him awful because he was so um, protective and so aggressive. Um, so you really are you're just you're a cat dog. That's mm-hmm. that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. I saw a picture of cat dog's house the other day and I was just like, what a weird show that was. It's just like crazy little thing. Um, sweet. Enough on that. Um, I have one more question and then I have five more bonus questions that I'm, I'm excited to get us into. Mm-hmm. And so this is a three part question and I want to answer to every single one of them. And I know I trust that you will absolutely be able to give this to me. I want brand. I want style. I want you to go in depth as, as much as possible. OK. Um, what is your favorite alcoholic drink? And I want straight mixed and beer. Okay. All right. My favorite straight liquor is probably, and this is sad for me to have to admit. Uh, no, it's not. No, I know exactly what it is. Um, it's High West Whiskey. Oh, dude. It's so it, good. It's it's really nice combination of like frontier spiciness and the sort of sweet smoothness of Maker's Mark. So that's my my gold standard number one. Like, if I'm just going to have neat alcohol, like neat liquor, that's what I want. Um, All other things being equal. Quick side note. I bought my little brother High West Whiskey on his wedding day for, like, the rehearsal dinner because he texted me about one, 11 o'clock in the morning. He's like, Aaron, I, I bring me whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, if you're getting whiskey on your rehearsal only, you're getting married tomorrow, I'm bringing you High West because that's my favorite as well. Um, but continue. So that's my favorite neat. My favorite mixed is probably going to be Meyer's Dark Rum. Ooh, I yes. love a good dark and stormy with good, good sort of spicy ginger beer. I love a good rum and Coke. I love like even, even a little bit of rum in like soda water with a little bit of lime on a hot day is so good. So I think if I'm going to mix my liquor, rum is probably my go-to. And of the rums, Myers is my favorite to mix because it's a dark rum. It's very sweet. Yeah. And I, in general, I tend to like sweeter things more. And $20 a bottle, folks. Go get yourself some dark rum, some Myers rum. Yeah. Like I was introduced at Myers. The first time I ever had Myers was with you. And it was either at the celebration bar that we went to mm-hmm. or it was before that when we were drinking on the beach at the Grand. Yeah. I can't remember what it was, but that was the first day that I was introduced to Myers rum. And I was just like, this, this is my favorite mixing drink now. This is great. Yeah. It goes yeah. really well with a lot of stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, Max is the person that I trust among all things about his alcohol. Like, and I, I'm not saying he's an alcoholic at any sort of level at all. It's just like he has such great taste and quality alcohol that like if he says something's good, like I know I'm going to enjoy that thing. Well, it harkens back to that. First of all, the passion, right? The enthusiasm and the excitability, right? I just like experiences. And so trying new new alcohols and new experiences mm-hmm. is always fun. Um, but I'm probably strongly biased because a lot of my passion for the various things I enjoy is steeped in the context within which I first taste them. Okay. Right? Yeah. So if I taste a great alcohol but I'm having a crappy day, um, that might strongly affect how I feel about that alcohol. And so like with Myers and with High West, I had great experiences both times the first time I tried them, which which helped yeah. And, and I've, I have since created more moments with those things. And so there's a lot of uh, sentiment and a lot of nostalgia tied into each of those brands for me at this and point. It's probably worth saying that we we have we have fairly similar tastes when it comes to our hard liquor of what you and I enjoy. And mm-hmm. so it's um, usually when they're go, when there's recommendations on either side, it usually goes over pretty well because they know well. each other so yep. well. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Sweet. Let's get into the bonus questions. I really like these ones. Wait, 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 wait. I didn't answer. Oh, sorry. Beer. Absolutely. I was going to skip over the beer and I asked you who you would have a beer with earlier. So this is going to go hand in hand. You've had time to think about it a little bit. At this time of year too, man. Like, come on. Because we're moving into pumpkin beer season. Like, get get it it ready. Like, my mom sent me a picture from, like, the Publix down in Florida. Just, like, this pyramid of pumpkin beer. And I was was so ready. Mm. I'm so ready. I'm so ready for pumpkin beer. My very first beer I ever drank to completion my very first beer was Coors um, mm-hmm. I, I drank like just the, the stem and I was just like this my friend's mom came over and she was just like give us your keys you can't go home and I had to the stem <laughs> I was like 18 I was visiting my high school friends from home and and I was like I have to drive home I am not calling my parents and telling them that I'm sleeping over my friend's house because I'm drinking you know mm-hmm. like and so I'm like okay here you go here's the beer I'm gonna go home you know like I'm yeah. not gonna drink anymore my first beer to completion, though, was a pumpkin beer, and it was mm-hmm. a Buffalo Bills. Anyways, you go. So I want, in this question, we're going to wrap up two things. What your favorite beer is, and then who you're going to have that favorite beer with. Sure. So my favorite beer um, my favorite beer is probably, probably still pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just got, it's an ale that's brewed with like pumpkin spices. It's got a lot of like spice flavor to it. It's got a lot of sweetness to it. Um, but it's not got so much like pumpkin filling in the, in the brew that it tastes like straight pumpkin pie. Mm -hmm. It still tastes like alcohol, you know, like, and so that's, that's very, um, that's a very sort of, um, what's the word? It's a well-balanced flavor. And that's definitely my favorite beer. Right now, pumpkin beer is my favorite type of beer, and pumpkin is my favorite pumpkin beer. Um, but every year they release new ones, and so who knows how long the, the king will be on the throne. I need to get you to try some Buffalo Bills pumpkin beer. Yes, yes, I'm very excited for that. Yeah. I want to as well. Um, and then the question, how, how, who would I drink it with, um, is still very very difficult for me I think where I am in my life because I think if you ask me this question again in six months or in a year the answer will be different yeah but right now if I could have a beer with anybody I wanted and they had to sit there and chat with me while we drank them it would probably be Malcolm X because I have a lot that I am learning about him that is so um 
in, intentionally disruptive in all the right ways, right? Like history has painted him as the bad black guy, like the militant black man, and and Martin Luther King Jr. as the good black man, right? Um, but Malcolm X, like he he was just being real. He was being so real. And MLK Jr. had so many things that that white people don't quote because it makes them uncomfortable. Um, but I think right now it would be him because I really would want to like. I would want to sit down with someone who wasn't going to give a if I was sensitive to what yeah. he had to say, you know? And I think, I think these days that's hard to find. It's one of the reasons I love my fiance is she, she tells you what she thinks. Um, but I think a lot of the problems that they face then are problems that we still face now, except they're more insidious. And so, you know, talking about how to address those issues in, in a an actionable way would feel very validating to me. And I, I, right now I can't think of a way I would rather spend yep. an hour drinking a beer with someone. Excellent. Excellent choice, my friend. That ends the standardized 20 questions for Max with the addition of Goku and um, a few other ones. Did I pass? You passed. Um, so now we're going in. You passed the first round of interviews. Now we're going to go into the, the – this is like – you know, we're thinking about hiring you, but there's three or four other people that we're thinking about hiring as well. Mm-hmm. We just really need to know if you're the right person for this role. Because honestly, sure. th- at this point in the job is, who do I want to work with? That's <laughs> all that is. It's like, do I want to work with this person or do I want to work with this person? Because you guys all have the skills to do it. I just need to know who I want to work with. Right. So this category is if we need more. That's what I wrote down and that's what I'm sticking with. I love it. Do you have a buck list? And if you do have a bucket list, can you share with a few things that are on it? And if you don't have a bucket list, don't worry about it. Yeah. So I do not have a bucket list. Um, that is something that I thought about doing a number of times and haven't really gotten around to doing. Um, and I'm okay with it because I think for me, the creation of a bucket list implies that I am not going to do all in my power to do the, to live the life I want to live. Right. And I feel like if I get to my deathbed and there are things that I will wanted to do that I haven't done like one of the things I try really hard to do is not live with regret and so if like if I get to my deathbed and like I haven't skydived or I get to my deathbed and I didn't walk the Great Wall of China I'll be okay (laughs) you know yeah like I will I will get there and I will say this is okay and I do not mind because I lived a great life anyway you know I'm not I'm not here to like because I think anything that I set up for myself at this point is just like aspirational right based on my desires now and who i am now so creating something for a future self to to fulfill for sort of today's needs feels kind like weirdly masturbatory to me um it's like you know like i don't want my future self to be beholden to my past self i want to be free to live and grow and, and make my decisions as an independent human being instead of someone who is like trying to trying to go back to a place where he was before does that make sense? That does make sense. Yes, absolutely, it does. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite place in the entire world to go? And you can broker record this if you want to, but favorite place, entire world that you've been before, and like if you could go anywhere and just be your happy place, what would that be? Man, that's really, really, really a tough question because there are. There are so many wonderful places that I have been, and there are so many wonderful places that I still want to go. So I think if you ask me where I would want to return to, 
You know, the the only one that ever really comes up for me, I would love to return to Edinburgh, Scotland, again. And I would love to return to Walt Disney World any chance I get. Right. right. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, like, making a routine out of going back to places, I think it's... It's if you're not careful, you wind up doing what's safe and comfortable and you you never experience a lot of those things that would be on, like, for example, a bucket list. Right. So I still haven't been to Ireland. I really want to do that. I still haven't been to China. I want to do that. I still haven't been to Japan. Right. I really want to do that. Um, I haven't been to the African continent. I want to do that. Right. There are parts of Europe that I haven't seen. I haven't been to the south of France. I haven't been through Spain. I haven't been to Portugal. Um, I would love to get to Green to Iceland. Right. Like there's all these things that I just haven't gotten around to yet. And I I need to and I want to. And so saying that, like putting the focus on like returning feels a little bit um Again, self-serving, right? It's just it's mm-hmm. it, it, it's a cautionary thing. Like you're welcome to, just be careful that that's not the only thing you always ever do, right? I don't right. I don't want to wake up in thirty years and be Bilbo Baggins where I'm afraid to leave my house. Right. Yep. Yeah. Very wise. Um, I like that. I have three more questions for you, and then I have a fourth question that's going to be a bonus just for you and me. Um, what is your biggest irrational fear? That's an excellent question. A fear that you consider irrational. Pooping. So I have a lot of trauma around pooping. I take long poops. I poop for like 25 minutes, 20, 25 minutes usually. Um, And I poop like only every couple days. Right. So when I do go, um, I'm in there for a while. And it's, I have some of the stinkiest poops of anybody I've ever met. Um, and so it's, it's really embarrassing and self-conscious and, um, like it's, it's just like a thing that's just wrapped in shame for me. Right. Which is ridiculous because everybody poops and nobody's poop smells great. So, and there were just like a number of times growing up as a kid where my parents would come in and be like, Max, like in the stalls when we were at like a bookstore or like at a restaurant or something. I'm like, yes, I'm fine. God, <laughs> mom, you know, or dad, whatever. Um, cause my mom would come into the men's restroom to check on me. It was horrifying. Yeah. Um, so I have a lot of trauma around that and a lot of shame about that. And I think of all the things that I fear, the fear of having to poop, of having long poops and of having stinky poops is probably the most irrational. Because, like, logically, like, reasonably, we all do. I have a follow-up for this. I actually Mm -hmm. have about 20 follow-up questions for this one, but I'm going to stick it to one. Um, Have you seen the Rick and Morty episode where he has a toilet on another planet that he goes and poops on? No. It's in the newest season. You should absolutely check that out when you get a chance to. Because it's one of the best Rick and Morty episodes I have ever seen <laughs> is so and I think it would just after finding this out today it would hit a, a chord with you that just 
you know, like, I think you would really get that episode a lot. Yeah. Well, we're watching Hey Arnold right now, and, and his, grandpa had, his grandpa has that secret restroom that he keeps down in the basement. I just watched that episode. Yeah. Like, yep. literally, like, a few weeks ago, I watched that same yep. episode. That's a terrific episode. It is. It's so good. Hey Every Arnold, episode is terrific. Hey Arnold is amazing. Fun fact mm-hmm. about Hey Arnold. It is a um, amalgamation between Portland, Seattle, and New York. Like they combined those three cities and built their cities like landscape and like what it looks like based upon those three places. Mm-hmm. And then like just let like Arnold go out and like, man, and is there any cooler character than Gerald? Like the guy is just like slick and cool. He I just I, he's awesome. Everyone is. Everyone like, in that show is great. Even even the bullies are humanized through episodes of their own with like their own problems and experiences and, you know. I have a question for you about Hey Arnold. I have two more questions left, but I, I want to get into this for a second because sure. I've been thinking about Hey Arnold a lot lately. Um, is Hey Arnold about Arnold or is it about everybody around him and specifically Helga? Like, because there's a lot of Helga-centric episodes in there. Mm-hmm. And the show is called Hey Arnold. The show is like, not necessarily, like, he's the centerpiece to all of his friends, but like everybody, like... It's more about everybody else, I feel like, than it is yeah. about him himself. Yeah, I agree. I think in many situations, he is he is the excuse for us to know these other people. Yeah. And I think he functions kind of as the conscience for these other people. But by and large, you know, he's he's not nearly as interesting or fleshed out as a lot of the other characters are. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And it kind of just... Even the title, I think it says it, you know, in there. Mm-hmm. It's like, the title is not Arnold. The title is Hey Arnold. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. Like his friends calling out to him, like even mm-hmm. in the title sequence, like the, that show is magical, man. Like it, it mm-hmm. really is a, a terrific cartoon. Yeah, great music, great great uh, lessons. It's wholesome AF. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you subscribe or believe or even want to fantasize that past lives are real, what do you think yours would be? That's a good question. So. I definitely have turned that over in my head before, and I definitely feel like I have a couple of lives that I have lived um, because of the sort of like the 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 unreasonable passion I have for things that have no real connection to me. Um, so I am convinced at one point that I was a sailor because I love the water. I love boats. We've been out sailing a number of times and they're like being out at the prow of the boat with the wind in my face has always just like stirred something in me that nothing else does. And I, I am pretty convinced that at one point I was on the water doing something. Right. So that's one of them. Um, and then the other one that I'm pretty sure of was that I was involved, um, in a, serving capacity at some point at a court because I have this like genealogical fear of hurting people's feelings, making people upset. Um, but I also have this real passion and aspiration for like fancy things, mm-hmm. right? Like ooh, I see fancy, nice things. It's like I, I, or, and elegance, right? Like regality, like composure, dignity, like all the components of like classic court systems, um, I always tell people like I'm I'm a bit of a princess. Like I, I you know, talking about being ashamed <laughs> of pooping, you know, um, I I really am, and I think that is probably because at one point I don't think I was actually royalty, but I think I was near enough to royalty to want that. Yeah, and to to have that sense of um, 
to want it and to have that sense of awe around it and to aspire to it and also to have that eagerness to please right and that's one of the reasons that people say i'm like a dog too is i do have an eagerness to please i want people to be happy um life is short and i want everyone around me to be as happy as possible all the time so i th- and i think there's a lot of that that you know i've spent a lot of time in the service industry um and feeling feeling like i wanted to do a really good job um and not being able to treat it just like a job right which is i think part of the reason why i think it, there was more than my employment on the line at the time mm-hmm um, I'm following up with that. As have you seen The Great on Hulu? No. I think you may actually like that. Yeah, yeah. my parents watched a couple episodes. They said they liked it. Yeah, give it a chance. Like Nicholas Holt is fantastic, and Ella Fanning is wonderful as well. Like it's it's really a fun, fun, really funny show. Uh, so definitely give it a shot. Okay. Just you being close to royalty and like having a past life of being in the court reminded me of everybody in the court, and you just described them to a T. And I was just <laughs> like, I think you'd get, I think you would understand these folks and like, mm-hmm. like get, get what they're going through. And like, man, Nicholas Holt is such a fantastic actor. I love him. Like, he's great. Um, last question, and then we're done. And then I have a sidebar for Max that I'm not going to share with everybody else. <laughs> um, so maybe we'll release at some point. But I see a little green progress bar on my Steam account that I may want to ask Max a question about in a, in a few minutes. Oh, boy. Uh, do you believe in extraterrestrial life? Sure. I believe, yeah. If, there's, if there is no definitive proof against anything that, that people suppose existing exists, like uh, ghosts, extraterrestrial life, like all these things... Um, absolutely. I think that it's, it's much more likely that they exist and we don't know about them or know how to deal with them than yep. the fa- than assuming they don't. Right. I've always thought it takes a lot more faith to insist that there is nothing than to be, you know, than to be open to the idea that there's something and we just don't know about it yet. Yeah. So I absolutely do believe that there's probably intelligent. <laughs> what is it? Was it, uh, who is it that said the surest sign of intelligent life is the fact that none of us has attempted to contact us yet. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Like, so that's, I, that might be Bill Waterson, the guy who did Calvin and Hobbes. Um, but I really, I, I really do believe like that. and Hobbes thing. Yeah. I do believe that, that there are things out there that we don't know about. Um, but as far as like the pyramids and as far as like the excuse, the crop circles and the things that people try to ascribe to aliens, uh, uh-uh. uh, no, no, I've watched no. I've watched stonemasons talk about how you can like shape stone with stone and like basically do it live in front of a camera. So no, the aliens didn't do the pyramids. Yeah, yeah, um, no, no, definitely not. But just because they didn't do that doesn't mean they don't exist. And I think that's that's okay. <laughs> yep. Just today, I actually was reading an article about how they um, have discovered a, a galaxy about twelve billion mile uh, light years away that is very very similar to the Milky Way. Really, um, yep. Which is really cool. really cool. Yeah, I, 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 I. So that's the last question I had, man. Um, I, I want to get in. Uh, this was awesome, by the way. Before we get into anything else, I actually learned so much, and I hope you all had a really good time learning more about Max. Next week, we get to learn about me, which I'm, I'm excited about too. Yeah, um, because you know, I, I, I host my own podcast, and I created this for a reason. I can only focus on somebody else for so long um excuse me because uh, <laughs> i wanted to answer every single one of these as well um but so here's the question to you max do you want to have me go through this list and i have i mean 
I think you know me well enough to know that I probably won't think about these for my, the entire week if I just decide not to. Mm-hmm. Um, or do you want to try to come up with your own 20, 20, 20, 25 questions or so to ask me that you want to do? No. So I think I think the same 20 is good. I may come up with bonus questions that are different. OK. But I think in in terms of like having a baseline for like the stuff that we covered today, I think it's fun to like hear your answers to those questions, too, because cool. like if I think about this in terms of a conversation, in terms of like, you know, people getting to know each other over a beer, um, then I would absolutely like after you ask me a question, I'd be like, well, what about you? Right? right. And so I think it's only fair that that you have the chance to answer those questions. But yeah. I, I will come up with some bonus questions um, that allow us to kind of like go down a different road and flesh other things out. OK, cool. So here's what I want. I'm going to keep these saved 25 questions up here because yeah. these ones at the very end, I want to answer as well, like extra show life, past lives, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you think of some thumbs like you like I did today about Superman and Goku and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then next week, that's what we'll do. Like, we're just going to have a get to know Aaron. And then after that, maybe I may even bring in Adam and do like one of his because I think that'd be really fun if he'd be up for that because he's been on the show a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll probably get to something different. We're getting into the territory because right now Max and I are recording this August 13th. It's probably not going to release until mid-September ish. And so you're probably listening to this mid-September. I know for a fact the next few episodes after this. Um, and I want to share this with you now because we are getting to that territory, talking about pumpkin beer, some PSLs, some like spooky season, as I like to call it. I call mm-hmm. September to to Thanksgiving my spooky season. We're going to get into horror stuff. Max and I both have a love and appreciation of horror and creepy, dark. I, I just I just love horror, specifically films for me. So um, I hope you're ready for that. All of October is going to be dedicated to spooky season and horror and Halloween. So we are going to go through favorite candies for Halloween. We're going to go through our favorite horror films. We're going to go through some creepy fictional characters that we think we're going to go through quite a bit of different things that way. And just want to get you prepared for that. That way you kind of have an idea of what's coming for October. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to get into that pretty soon after this. It may even be the next episode after I answer my questions. I haven't don't haven't laid out how things are going to really. I have about four or five episodes that are in the docket that need to be released as of today. So I don't really know how they're going to lay out. But I know we're getting into that soon. So here's the homework for you. Watch horror movies. Halloween, Friday the 13th. Get your baselines. Prom night. Uh, it get like Carrie, some, like the omen. Yes, I want you to watch Trick or Treat because I think that is the most Halloween movie I've ever seen. Like mm-hmm. that movie the is Exorcist. Amazing. Yes, so go out there if it's something you enjoy, dig into that. Um, and we will be giving you suggestions. Um, an American Werewolf in London, please watch that. Um, just all these different things. Um, because we are going to get into some horror, and I'm excited because I have friends who who go to horror conventions and get posters signed by people and they like get season passes to Halloween horror nights. And we are going to have them on our episodes coming up. Hmm. And so we are very excited to have that happen. Um, It's my favorite time of the year. It's my favorite beer. It's my favorite like season. It's I just love pumpkins. It's just, I love the fall so much. I don't know if you've ever experienced the fall in Oregon. I don't know if there's a greater season to experience in your entire life. The leaves change. It's 70 degrees outside to like 60 degrees all year, like all fall long. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. So I'm going to stop gushing about 
horror and about October and about all the things I love there because we're going to get to that soon. But next week, we will get to know Aaron instead of getting to know Max, and I'm excited about that as well. Uh, any closing words you have for um, your folks that, like, maybe there's something that I didn't ask that you want to share with them or just, you know, you want to throw in a goodbye or whatever you want to say. It's The floor is yours. This is your episode, man. Well, one of the things that, that uh, has always stuck with me was, you know, my grandpa was always encouraging me to stay curious. And I think despite my best efforts to remain an independent human, I think that really has stuck with me. <laughs> Um, and curiosity about other people, you know, curiosity about other people's choices, about their lives, about their um, their decisions, their thinking, um, is what keeps the world interesting and fun for me. I love it. Um, there's a lot of I carry a lot of joy with me, and I think a big part of that is because I, I have so much curiosity um, for other people, and I have so much empathy for other people. And like, that's one of the reasons I think I was decent at acting was at empathy. Um, but we watched uh, Garden State last night and as, as not well as it holds up now, um, the, the notion that, you know, there's a question, there's a comment that someone made about therapy that I love, which kind of sums up how I, I feel like all of us should live our lives, which is like, you know, I went to therapy thinking that they would have all the answers, um, but they had they had all the questions. I had the answers. Right. And I think each of us has our own answers. And I think each of us, as long as we're like chatting with each other and trying to find those answers, I think the world is going to continue to become a better place. Yeah. I have, I have nothing to add to that other than let's all hope that silent Velcro exists in the world in the near future. (laughs) Um, and then, yeah, man, that's great. I- I'm going to leave with you on that. Honestly, we didn't do it last week. Let's not do it this week. This, I mean, unless you want to throw out your socials and people don't find you. I, you know what? This is more a personal episode to me, so it's all up to you. Yeah, um, you know where to you, find me. Listen to the other episodes if you don't. Yeah, honestly, really do that. Um, we'll get back to it, you know, when we start getting into you know, more guests and stuff. But you know where to find us. The only thing I would say is, please, if you so willingly will i know at least 10 people listen to this podcast every single week so there's 10 people out there that could be sending 10 emails and asking us questions i would love nothing more than to get a email in my box from anybody at podcast at infinitepulp.com throw us something you want us to talk about throw us a question you have for us anything you want to do um really that's kind of my initial goal for this was always to have some sort of community involvement. I really, all of my favorite podcasts have email sections to them where they go through and they talk about readers, questions, email, you know, anything like that. That's what I want. So if you have something or if you have my phone number, text me. I know some of you have my phone number and just text me what it is. And I will absolutely (laughs) just throw it on there for you um, because that's what I enjoy the most. I would love nothing more than to answer your questions or to talk about something that you are interested in hearing us talk about. Um, Other than that, though, it's been absolutely wonderful getting to know you better, Max. Um, I did absolutely tell these questions on things that I wanted to know about you. And I hope they're. The listeners also enjoyed this a lot. Um, I really think it's fun to peel back some of the um, veneer, if you will, on people's lives who maybe seem like behind a mic to you and nothing else and, and really just kind of get to know them better. So that's kind of why I wanted to highlight everybody here. And we are going to um, get into it some more next week. And thank you so much for joining us today. Bye, everybody.